0: The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today's guest comes from a background that is quite, well, quite illustrious. You've done a great deal of stuff there. My guest is Robert Chu, and he is the founder of Emblema. Thank you so much for being on the show, Robert. Hi, Trader Caldwell. Thanks for having me. No, a problem at all. Hey, look, I've had a look through your LinkedIn and what you've, you know, your past experience. I mean, you've you've sort of been working in and around technology for quite some time. Most notably, uh, quite a a large stint at IBM. So, I mean, just to touch on uh, your introduction, you want to tell us a little bit about what you've done in the past, where you're at now?
0: Sure, absolutely. Um, Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a little bit of an unusual pattern. Mm from uh, you know, a corporate guy coming into a blockchain startup. Um, but nevertheless, uh, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I did spend 16 years with IBM in various technology and software development jobs uh, in Europe and the States. And then uh, the past 10 years, I was with this company called IQVIA, uh, which is the world leader in healthcare data and all kinds of services from clinical trials to uh, post-market studies for pharmaceutical companies and uh, regulators, such as the FDA. And uh, my last position at this company was the uh, global head of technology solutions. So we had three activities in the company. uh, One with healthcare data, which was the historical activity. The second was services uh, consulting. And the third one was to develop... uh, uh, technology and software solutions for pharmaceutical companies and uh, and regulators.
1: Okay, so you've been uh, you've been around. You've done a lot. And what sort of roles did you have at these uh, these companies? Like, what was your focus there?
0: Oh, sure, yeah. So um, uh, before being the uh, global head of technology, uh, I had the great pleasure to uh, to manage the Asia Pacific region uh, out of uh, out of China. That was a fun job. Uh, was 20 countries, you know, under my remit. And um, I also uh, had a chance to go to France, uh, where I was the general manager for uh, IQVIA in 2011. And it's uh, great because it uh, provides you, uh, you know, insights on the different health systems, which uh, varies country uh, country to country, and also meet, meet a lot of great people, you know, in pharmaceutical companies. Um, so it was fun to, you know, to get, kind of get around in different countries and, Try to adapt, right? What kind of health data you can collect and sell in those different
1: markets? And I mean, you're in uh, you're in based in New York at the moment, right? New York, New York, correct. Okay. So, I mean, given, given your understanding, obviously, you, you spent time in China, and I'm sure that that is changing very, very quickly as a new emerging economy is sort of a like new middle class is being built out. There's probably a lot going on in that space very, very quickly as China tends to be a country that moves very, very fast. Comparing where you are now in New York in the health system in the US, which definitely captures headlines all around the world where a lot of the other countries, especially for us in Australia, we scratch our heads and go right why do they not have some form of health care why do they think that it's you know only the rich should have access to health i mean you've seen in i mean i lived in in the uk in london as well the the um the uh nhs i think it is the the health service there is fantastic the one in australia we've got is fantastic i think france has got one there as well and does china like, how does it how does it differ so much and what are the opinions of the people
0: well yeah, well that's a, that's almost like a, you know, philosophical um, difference. Uh, you know in countries in most countries in Europe and different Australia, if you pay taxes, then you get healthcare coverage. It's pretty much uh, you know part yeah. of the deal right? The citizen of those countries or at least residents. In the US, it's different. it's a business. And uh, you know you got to have a contract, which is an insurance contract. And uh, if you don't have it, then you're not covered, which, uh, you know, for Europeans, yes, is uh, is a little shocking. You know, it uh, it doesn't really make sense. Uh, and the funny thing is that in the U.S., the system is highly inefficient. Uh, you know, the GDP spent on healthcare and the quality of care is not great. It's like 17% or something that's not very, you know, good <laughs> from a patient perspective. And when you go to countries like Australia or, or European with better quality of care, you know, it's uh, high single digits. So you can see there's a lot of inefficiencies and I think blockchain you know um could definitely help uh, streamline a little bit all these processes which become extremely complicated when uh, when it's kind of very you know uh, it's a private business it's not uh, it's not heavily regulated in the sense of uh, who are the payers and what is the coverage and and you got a lot of inefficiencies out there in the US.
1: Yeah, fair enough. So, I mean, is, is that going to be? I mean, with with looking at what goes on to the, you know, how we're going to use health records and and the blockchain together. Is, I mean, is that more about the sale of data, or is it more about the efficiency, the abil- ability to share data across borders? I mean, what's the what's the benefit there, truly?
0: Sure, sure. What we're um, what we're um, doing here is to make sure that we dic- we can exchange health data much, um, in a much easier way and much faster. And, uh, you know, health data is like the, is like the fuel, you know, the whole system. So let me give you an example. If we manage to, uh, for example, in a rare disease, provide health data, which is de-identified patient records, uh, to the regulator, then the regulator can, um, authorize new treatments, uh, more, um, sooner. Uh, this is part of the 21st century is correct. And by doing so, you know you have a conjunction of interest here between um, public authorities. So if you have you know uh, new treatments coming in for public health, it's good. It's obviously better for the patients and rare diseases. And some of these guys are have a lot of unmet medical needs. So it's great to have new treatments, and it's great for pharmaceutical companies to uh, generate uh, revenues sooner. And the way you do it is definitely by accelerating the share of um, healthcare data. It's called real world evidence or clinical. You know evidence uh, and that's exactly what we're doing using blockchain technology putting the patient actually in charge of uh, accelerating this share of controlling the share and also getting the uh, financial benefit out of it uh, because today the reality is this is a very slow moving sharing you know uh, different standards and you have a lot of uh, intermediaries you know that uh, that clean up the data you know uh, gather patient consent and the whole process, you know, to gather um, a good set of data takes one year. And this is much too slow, you know, <laughs> by all standards in the 21st century, for sure. And by giving the power back to patient, collect the data, they would expose it in real time, pretty much. You can, you can make it available to pharmaceutical companies and uh, authorities like FDA and therefore release treatments, you know, much sooner. So that's what we're aiming at.
1: Okay. Now you mentioned that um, the control lies with the um, the data participant or holder or basically if it's my data, it's it's owned by me and, and I can earn money from that. What, what sort of a revenue model does that look like? I mean, is it going to be 20 cents? Is it going to be $20? Is it going to be $200? Is it going to be $2,000? But well, what does that look like and how do we how do we sort of monetize that with an understanding of what, what, what our outcomes are going to be?
0: So that's the first question. So how much is my health data worth? Yeah. Uh, I think there's some very simple answers. Uh, the latest one is um, a Swiss pharmaceutical company called Roche. Uh, They're very much into oncology. They bought a company called Flatiron out of New York City. And what is Flatiron? These are medical records in oncology patients, cancer patients. And they bought this company for $1.9 billion, which put which puts the value – of a patient record at $10,000. This is what it's worth. So it's not 20 cents, not $200. It's in thousands of dollars for most therapies today. So it's a lot of money. And the funny thing is that today the patient, while at the source, right, of all this data, doesn't see one cent. So we got to, you know, twist the whole model <laughs> Around its head, and uh, you know, give the patients nine thousand nine hundred ninety dollars, right? Because there's no reason why they don't receive the compensation using technologies such as blockchain, and perhaps you know, give a few a few dollars, you know, for doctors, you know, who can do the quality check on the records. Uh, this is, of course, very helpful, and then you know, people who will mine the blockchain on which the data is being shared, uh, give them a transaction fee. So I think we can literally, you know, turn ninety nine percent of the value back to the patient.
1: But I mean, that that's fairly specific data, that one. I mean, that that's for cancer patients, right? So if 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 it's not if you've not suffered something that's, um, I, I guess the the cost of the, of the price of your data that, that's an example of obviously people want to find a cure for cancer or find a way to help people with cancer, and they can then put a big premium on that uh, breakthrough. Right on that drug, on that technology, whatever it is that they find that helps to prolong a cancer patient's life or terminate that cancer altogether and give someone the chance to have a second shot at life, that's worth big bucks. So I I get why those records are worth a lot. But what about little old me who who has, you know, I've just got – the tests that I've had throughout my life that are all in one place, or maybe they're not all in one place, but, you know, the, the bits and pieces, how can, because you're not, you're not talking like, we t- we, I'm talking about the average person. The average person might get cancer, but they're going to get it in their 60s, 70s, 80s. They're not going to have it in their, say, mid-30s, thir- early 40s, where they could actually really use that money to do something with, you know. How do we, as a non-interesting, healthy person, uh, get a benefit from it?
0: Yes, I, th- I think there's a, there's two responses to this uh, to this question. The, the first thing is that, and we found out, the, you know, out of our public launch um, uh, of our blockchain back in July, if you're a healthy patient or at least a patient with a chronic disease with lots of treatment options, you're stable, you're feeling okay. Actually, you're not really interested in uh, participating in such a system, because you have to be very active. You know, you have to upload your records and retrieve, yeah. you know, kind of different data points. Uh, define your consent, you know, monitor it, you know, share it, sell it. And we found out that those patients actually, it was not a priority for good reasons. You know, you're healthy, you're stable, so why, why bother, right? So anything, right? Yeah. That's, fine. that's fine, we want a patient to decide. Then um, the more you go into, um, you know, patients who suffer at the end of the day, so rare diseases with a lot of unmet medical needs or, um, or you know, patients who, uh, who are, 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 are very little community, Uh, who don't have any treatments, then then the engagement is extremely high. They're actually pushing very, very hard, you know, to get such a system. And one of the reasons they want such a system is just to discover clinical trials as a last resort. So here you have the two end of the spectrums. Then between the two, you know, it's going to depend on your uh, pretty much on your uh, genotype, uh, genomic profile, uh, you know, segment, you know, and if you have an interesting segment, so, for example, we're working with populations in, in Africa, and, you know, the diversity of genomes in Africa is like uh, 10,000 times, you know, than any other race, so it's a fantastic. And if you're healthy, uh, you know, without cancer or young, your genotype may be extremely interesting, Right uh so that's also a, a segment of population who can make a lot of money and who could, could be interested in participating in such a system
1: so it could, it could be minorities as much as it could be people that are sick and people that need the money exactly. as well uh, exactly. more than – you know, your, your average middle-class uh, healthy human who sips on their juices during the week, does yoga on Saturdays and wears lycra pants on the weekends, they're not going to find quite so much benefit from this, but there is a lot less of those than there is to the rest of the world, and that's sort of your, your target is, is the rest exactly. of the world, right?
0: These are the people who want to help, Exactly.
1: So, what's the end goal? I mean, uh, what's the process? Well, why Why do this?
0: Well, you know, I've been um, I've been in uh, corporate, uh, you know, America for for many many years, and uh, I was definitely blessed. Right, uh, had a great career, going into three continents, you know, earning a nice living, and so on. Um, but you know, at some point of time, you have to give back, right? And uh, I was so far from patience, right. All the patients was the source of everything I was doing in IQV. I was very very far from all these patients, and I think uh, this is a technology that allows me and allows the team, you know, to give back and to help the people who are more in need to be helped. So that's the reason, and that keeps us, uh, you know, highly motivated to really make it happen. We owe this to uh, to these people. And um, we're doing a pilot with a great community in cystic fibrosis, which is a terrible disease, as you know. Mm. It's called cysticfibrosis.com, and their president is Jean Barnett, uh, who's a fantastic person, a uh, very, very knowledgeable on blockchain. You know, in addition to cystic fibrosis, and I can tell you, she she refers to um, you know to cystic fibrosis as the uh, Wizard of Oz. So the first thing you get hit by this big, uh, you know, uh, cyclone is diagnosis, right, and you, and you end up, right, in this uh, <laughs> new land uh, where you're alone, you're lost, right, you don't know where to go, and you try to meet new people right, to help you out, and uh, and she's saying that, well, you know, it's, uh, you know, we don't, we haven't found the uh, the yellow uh, road yet, and uh, yeah, the okay. emblem is proposing, you know, is the start, you know, we're putting bricks of this yellow road and create so much hope. And I can tell you, you know, it's so moving to see these people suffering so much and ready to be highly engaged and provide their data and, and every day, you know, put in their weight or calorie information. You know, so that's a lot of work. Uh, we owe them, you know, we owe them something to help them out. And, uh, and, and this is the real thing at the end of the day.
1: Well, Robert, I I really uh, commend you for what you're doing and I I really hope you have a huge amount of success. It's been interesting having a chat to you and seeing where you've come from, where you're at and where you want to go with this and the reasoning behind all of that as well. I think the story as to where you're going is really important. We all need a strong why because times do get tough. They will get tough with any business or with anything that you approach. So uh, having a strong enough why keeps you in the game. So Robert Chu, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people find out more about yourself and what you're doing?
0: Sure. Thank you, Trader Cop. So, uh, just visit us on our website, uh, www.emblema.com. and if you're interested, uh, our system is available at uh, patienttruth.emblema.com. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, mate. I wish you all the best of luck in the future. Take care, and uh, thanks so much again for being on the show. You're very welcome. Take care, Trader Cop. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Bye for now.